In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Do you have this sense of expectancy today? I mean, just something stirring among us? I think the Lord is stirring among us. I'm looking, I, I'm not sure what He'll do or what He'll bring out, but I think the Lord is stirring among us. All right, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, get them out and turn to that passage in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22:15. Like I say, you, you may want to underline parts, make notes, circle words, write down things that God will say to you. You know, th- use it like a textbook. Okay. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Word. So let's give our hearts over to that. Uh, do y'all, by the way, know what this on the screen is from? Sistine Chapel, yeah. And and what's the if we could back up, what would what would we see? What's the bigger picture? Yeah, it's the creation of Adam. Very good. So if you have a chance, anybody has anybody ever gone to the Sistine Chapel? <gasps> I am so jealous. Is it wonderful? Oh, I'm jealous. Okay, maybe one day. Don, right? Yeah, Don says yes, one day. Okay. All right, so here we are with uh, uh, Jesus is responding to something that we read in Matthew 22:15. Let me set the scene just in case we forgot. When this actually took place, we know if you just look up ahead uh, at the things that came before, the context is this is Holy Week. This is between Palm Sunday and Easter. Uh, the Jesus has, has been welcomed into the city of Jerusalem as Messiah, which has caused the chief priests and, and the Pharisees and all the, the Jewish leaders, they are nervous as they can be because if the Romans pick up on this, they're afraid the Romans are going to wipe them out. That the Romans will come down, because the Romans have all the weapons and all the army and all that, and they'll just come in and wipe them out, because if, if the people keep on supporting Jesus as the Messiah, that means revolution and overthrow, and, and so they're scared, and they want to take care of Jesus. They want to kill him, they want to arrest him first, kill him, get him out of there, because they don't want all the Jews to die. I know. Alright, so that's the setting of what's going on. And we know, again, if you just look up above this passage, we know that, that there, this takes place at the temple in Jerusalem, right there in the Temple Mount, as Jesus is walking around in the court of the Gentiles, or maybe under this colonnade called Solomon's Porch, or something like that. That's where they find Him. This is something that happened at a real time in history, at a real place in history. And this is, this is good, actual history that you can read straight out of your Bible about what happened. So, here we go. The Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap Jesus in his words. Again, they're trying to find a way. They can't just go out and kill Jesus because the people love Jesus. They're following him. And if they just go out and kill Jesus, the people are going to be mad at them And who knows what will happen to them. So they have to find a way to smear Jesus 
and, and, and to to find an excuse where they can tell the people, well, this is why we did it. It was for your own good. Okay? So they're trying to trap him, and they keep trying to come up with, with uh, uh, ways that no matter what Jesus answers to the question, it's wrong. Those questions that there is no right answer to, you ever been asked one of those? <laughs> yeah. They are uncomfortable, aren't they? All right? And so... These guys are trying to find those questions to ask Jesus because they want to trap him. So, verse 16, they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Those are the Jews that really supported Herod as, as leader, anyway, political party. So, teacher, they said. And when Sam read this, do you, you catch the smarminess of all that? I mean, that was awesome. That was great reading of that. I mean, this there, they're just going to lay it on thick. Oh, teacher. They said, we know you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You feel the hairs on the back of your neck start standing up like, mm. you aren't swayed by men. Tell us what you really think, because you pay no attention to, to who they are. You can be honest with us. So tell us then, what in your opinion, what is your opinion on this? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, why is this a trap question? Well, it's a trap question because if Jesus says, yeah, it's right to pay taxes to Caesar, well, then they can go to all the people and say, he wants us to be subject to the Romans. He's not looking out for your best interests. He's a turncoat. Let's get rid of him. But on the other hand, if Jesus says, no, it's not right to pay taxes to Caesar, then they get to go to the Romans and say, this guy is, is he's uh, talking it up. He's planning an insurrection against y'all. He's telling the people not to pay their taxes. What are you going to do about it, Romans? Okay, so there's no right answer. Whatever shall we do? And this is where the TV goes, tune in next week, same bat time, same bat. You know, this is the cliffhanger. What have, how can Jesus ever get out of this, right? Now, by the way, the taxes here, uh, if, if you have a King James Version, it really has in it what, what they were saying, it's tribute. Is it right to pay tribute? And the context of that, let me just tell you, uh, they had a census on a regular basis. And when you went to register for the census, then you had to pay your tribute, your tax at that time. Now, the only way that you could pay your tribute tax is with a denarius. That's a Roman coin. It's got a picture of Caesar on it. Okay? And it was just kind of one of those stick your finger in the wound and twist it things. Because the, the Romans were saying, <laughs> you have to come and register and you have to recognize that we're in charge. That Caesar is in charge. You can't pay your taxes with any other money. This is a reminder of you're under our thumb. So this is tribute money. And that's really what they were asking Jesus. Is it right that we have to do this? Okay, so that's the context, all right? Um, the Jews, by the way, 
considered it just a, a, a mark of pride, a mark of righteousness, a mark of civil disobedience, if you will, to do whatever they could to keep from paying that tax directly. Okay, because they didn't like the fact that Rome is in charge. And so, but they weren't, by God, they just weren't going to go up and, and do what the Romans asked. They were trying to find ways, you know, the, oh no, I guess that money's in my other cloak. All I have is Jewish money. Whatever shall we do? And the, the, the Romans would say, well, you can't pay it with Jewish money. Say, oh, well, Mr. Money Changer. Here, take my Jewish money and you give them the denarius. And so they kind of get away without paying it directly, right? It's just a little mark of mm, trying to, you know, it's, it's that game back and forth. You ever play that game? You ever seen people play that game? That's what's going on. So they considered it to be righteous not to pay the tax directly, even though they were still paying the tax through a money changer, you know. But they just tried to get away with it. See, you see what's going on here? At the same time, though, they loved making money. I mean, we found out that uh, just the day before, Jesus has chased all the money changers out of the temple courts. And all of the, all of the uh, places where you could buy doves and sheep and goats and, and, and all that right there in the temple courts, that was a great way for the leaders to make money. And they didn't care if it was Roman money or Jewish money. It didn't matter. It all spins. They just didn't want to pay the tax. Got the context? All right. So, what they really want Jesus to say is, no, that's stupid. Don't pay the tax. Because then the Romans could take care of Jesus and they could keep on playing their game. They could keep on collecting the money, but finding ways just to stick it to Rome. All right, you got it? Here we go. Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites. Why is he calling them hypocrites? Because they loved the money, and they considered it righteousness... To not pay the taxes. Now we're about to talk about something interesting about the money. The money itself was an idol. And it turned out it's actually, it was an idol to them. Alright, Jesus said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. So they brought him a denarius. That's the coin we just looked at. He asked them, okay, by the way, they didn't have to go looking for coins. So I don't know, you got a coin, I don't have a coin. They had coins, so they flicked one over to him. So, bring him a denarius. Whose portrait is this and whose inscription? What do they reply? Caesar's, right? How do they know it's Caesar's? It's got his picture and his inscription on it, Right? It's got Caesar's, their Caesar's image, and there are the words that tell who it is, written all the way around both sides. Okay? Now, do you know who was Caesar at the time? Nero. Not yet. It wasn't Nero yet. It was Tiberius. 
Tiberius was the son of Augustus. You ever heard of Augustus? At the beginning of the book, guess who's Caesar when Jesus is born? Augustus, right? So this is Tiberius, son of Augustus. On, uh, if you see this part that's written there, I know it's hard to see, but written all around this picture of Tiberius. Not a very handsome guy, is he? But, you know, but he was Caesar, so he got a coin. But written around there is this. See it across the top? It, it's, it's a shorthand way, it's an abbreviated way of writing that middle part. Tiberius Caesar, Divi Augusti, Phileus Augustus. Anyway, if you speak Latin, then you already know that means Tiberius Caesar. That's his name. Son of the divine Augustus. Augustus also means magnificent. So, he's Tiberius Caesar. He's, he's in charge. He's son of the divine Augustus. Augustus took the title of divinity. He claimed his own divinity. Okay? He said he was one of the Roman gods. So he's son of the divine Augustus. So if you're the son of a god, what are you? You're a god. Right? So this is, uh, he's kind of building up himself. And then he says, I'm Tiberius Caesar, son of the divine Augustus. So I'm also got that divinity. And I am magnificent. I mean, if you're Caesar, you can get away with saying that, right? Okay. So, but that's what it says. Now think about that in terms of worship. This is a coin that says, worship this man. Right? Now, the irony, do you see the irony already? They bring the coin of a son of a God to the Son of God to figure out what's righteous. Okay? So, then on the other side of the coin, it has another inscription. Maxim... Pontiff. That's short for something else. Pontifex Maximus. You ever heard that before? Alright, it means literally the greatest pontiff, or pontiff means bridge builder. So this is the greatest bridge builder. What does that have to do with anything? Well, there was a, the high priest of the, in the Roman religion was known as a pontifex. He was known as a bridge builder because he was dealing with the bridge between the gods and men. And so the greatest priest in the Roman religion was known as the Maximus Pontifex. He was the greatest bridge builder, the greatest priest. Augustus was the first one that took that as a, as a, a title that goes along with being emperor. Augustus not only said, I'm divine, Augustus said, I'm also the link between you mortals and we gods. I'm the greatest bridge. I'm the high priest. Interesting, isn't it? You probably see some parallels. So, of course, his, his stepson, Tiberius, says the same thing. He's the high priest as well as divinity himself. Okay, so part of the question of the Pharisees about should we pay this tribute or not is 
<laughs> Jesus, are we really going to worship this guy? What's your answer? Because worship was, it was woven into that very coin. So he said to them, now that you've recognized who made this coin and what this coin says about him, and, and, and the unspoken thing is, does God agree with what's written on this coin? No. Right? This coin is itself an idol. This coin is itself blasphemous. By the way, y'all love stuffing your pockets with this coin. You're just asking you know, about paying the tribute. Y'all are hypocrites. So he said to them, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. God doesn't want this or need it. And then give to God what's God's. Now, they, they heard this. They were amazed. They, their jaws kind of dropped open. And it wasn't, it wasn't just because Jesus was clever. Jesus was very clever in how he answered it. But he answered it in a way that pointed out to all the people who were standing around listening to this conversation. It pointed out to them that these guys really are hypocrites. Because they're holding on to idols and making them idols and trying to skate by on a technicality. And that does not honor God. Okay, do you see that? Okay. Now, if the coin is Caesar's, he can have it. People might not want to pay the tax, but you can't fault a teacher for showing the idolatry and the hypocrisy that was being exhibited there. They marveled, not just because Jesus didn't fall into the trap, but because Jesus turned the trap right back around on them. And that's why they were shocked. They weren't amazed like, oh, wow, that's the most wonderful thing we heard. They were shocked like, I can't believe this got turned around on our heads. And so they left him and went away. At least they wised up for a short time. Now, here's another question. If you give the coin to Caesar, because it belongs to Caesar, what do you give to God? What bears, the coin bears the image of Caesar. What bears the image of God? Every person that has ever lived, or ever will live, is an image bearer of God Almighty. Old or young, gay or straight, male or female, born or unborn, red or yellow or black or white, they are precious in His sight because they are the image of God. We all bear His image and bear His likeness. Genesis 1.27, God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Because of that, the coin belongs to Caesar. To whom do we belong? To God. We're His. 
because He made us. We're His because He loves us. He's rescued us in Jesus. He has made us His very own family. We belong to Him. Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It's He who has made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pasture. Romans 14.8. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, church, we belong to the Lord. We're His. So what is it if you give the coin to Caesar because it has His image? What do we give as His image to God? Ourselves. Our lives. Our service. Our futures. He only asks for a tenth of your income. And then you can be generous on top of that. This is from morning prayer from the general thanksgiving. This is going to tickle the memories of some of you who have gone through this. Let's read it together. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Amen. This is the call. Because you bear the image of your Father in heaven. Who has bought you at a great price. Show forth your praise. Not only with your lips on Sunday morning. But in everything you do the other six days. Giving up yourselves to his service. Walking before him in holiness and righteousness. Tertullian, I don't know if you have heard of Tertullian. He's one of the, one of the folks that's known as a, a church father because he helped to form the, the church. He lived, oh gosh, in the 100s. He said, give to Caesar his image stamped upon his coin. Give to God his own image stamped upon you. So that while you render to Caesar the coin which is his due, you may render your own self. To God. God asks for your love. He asks for your life. He asks for your heart. Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give yourself to the Lord. You'll never regret it. Amen.